0: and welcome to the JSGC Policy Podcast. Here at Joint State, we research policy topics within the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania and discuss them in our podcast so that you have an understanding of the policy issue. Today, we'll be covering the school bus driver shortage. Thanks for joining us. I'm here today with Executive Director, Glenn Passowitz. Hello, Susan. Hi, Glenn. And also Brian DeWalt, who's our sound engineer and co-host.
1: Glad to join you again, Susan.
0: Good to have you here. And Allison Kobsewitz. Hi, Allie. Today is a little bit of mixing up for us because I was actually project manager for this resolution. Allie staffed the project and Glenn contributed extensively to the report and Brian did as well.
1: I did the maps.
0: And those maps, they're super cool.
1: We can get into that later.
0: Yeah. So before we go any further, Glenn, would you give us a little bit of a background into House Resolution 15, which was introduced by State Representative Clint
2: Owlett? Sure. Thanks, Susan. With the saga of COVID still playing out, infections are on the rise once again. Lots of moving parts of society and our economy are still resetting themselves from that initial surge of the pandemic. And we at Joint State have done reports that addressed efforts in several areas, from waivers for licensing requirements, delays in nurse licensing, and so forth. And in this report, we look at the shortage of school bus drivers. And while there's never an abundant supply of drivers, and school transportation directors and contractors are always on the lookout to recruit new drivers, the pandemic made the driver shortage all the more acute. And across Pennsylvania, districts were in very difficult positions from having to shuffle and reschedule routes to offer stipends to families that chose to get their children to school by means other than the regular school bus. So this report dives into the problem and, and from working with an advisory committee of school transportation experts, including school districts, the Pennsylvania Department of Education, PennDOT, contractors and drivers, we collected a lot of data and developed some recommendations for a way to help alleviate the shortage.
1: Thanks for that background information, Glenn. Since Susan was project manager on this report, as she mentioned, I'll be fielding a bit more of the questions today. So what I'd like to start with is what factors contribute to the shortage of school bus drivers?
0: Thanks, Brian. I agree with Glenn's take on it. The school bus driver industry is an industry that's been close to the edge of a shortage for years now, not just the past three years, but really five years, 10 years, they've been close, but not over and able to provide for the needs of the industry. But really when pandemic hit and some of that recruitment stopped while schools were closed, drivers were put on hold when school was put on hold. And so there were a lot of changes there and then. And We got some interesting data early on in our process where a national company broke down some of their employment information and was able to show by age range changes in school bus driver employment. And really what came back was very counterintuitive. It is an industry that's heavily populated in that 55 to 64 year age range, even 45 to 54 But what they found was that those people actually had an increase in employment for much of the pandemic, but the younger population, which is a much smaller portion of school bus drivers, had a higher quitting rate. Allie, did you want to speak to some of the other issues in the industry? Yeah,
3: sure. So one of the other issues that we talked about is the length and complicated nature of the hiring process. And this includes An FBI background check, child abuse training and clearances, which are all necessary pieces of this hiring process as they protect the children that these these drivers are transporting. And then the CDL test, which specifically contains an under the hood portion where drivers have to identify mechanical components of the school bus. And drivers that we spoke to and drivers across the nation have reported that this step is more difficult than the rest of the steps for getting their CDL and being hired to drive. In general, even if the process is not too difficult, it's also lengthy. And it usually takes around 10 to 12 weeks to become a licensed school bus driver. So even when there is interest in a moment, it can take around three months to get that driver behind the seat of a bus. So even in those moments where you need a driver right away, there's not an easy
0: way to complete that process. It's not a very agile industry. If you have a school transportation director who needs bus drivers immediately to do some runs. It takes a while to get a person trained with the appropriate
1: clearances. Susan, thank you for talking about the shortage. Now, Ali, can you speak a bit about the federal government qualifications for school bus drivers?
3: So to become a school bus driver, drivers must take the CDL test and pass a knowledge and skills test for a passenger vehicle endorsement and a knowledge and skills test for a school bus endorsement, which are called the P and S endorsements. There is also a medical examination by a certified medical examiner by the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration for CDL drivers, but school bus drivers are accepted from these federal requirements, and Pennsylvania instead administers its own physical examination requirements. These requirements are located in Pennsylvania Code.
0: One of the things I want to point out or just draw back um, to our website to the actual written report is that on page 21, starting on page 21 in the written report, we do an in-depth breakdown of all of the federal and state statutes and regulations that are relevant and just detail them, uh, list them out, and then a, a very brief explanation. And there's,
1: there's a lot. Well, that sounds like a great resource for educating yourself on the topic. Yes. So you mentioned that These under-the-hood requirements as part of the CDL aren't something that is currently needed. Why is that?
3: For the school bus driver, their responsibilities in the event of some kind of mechanical failure of a school bus is to stay on the bus and supervise the children. They will never be required to exit the bus, open the hood or take a look inside their technical crews that would come to the the scene of a a breakdown to take care of that. So for bus drivers, it's not something that's within their duties as a driver to have that knowledge of the bus. So that is why advocates feel that it won't impact the safety of the bus driver or the students if the driver does not have that mechanical
1: knowledge. What level of government does that change need to happen
2: at?
3: That would be a federal. That would have to come through the FMCSA for that to be changed.
2: Uh, Given that the intermediate units are sort of regional, administrative, organizational entities for local school districts, what role did the intermediate units play in putting together this study?
0: So the resolution directed us to analyze this issue, including an intermediate unit level. And really what it was bringing out was a, a geographic component of this issue. And so what we found, what we heard when we did our survey was that there is so much variety in a school bus driver shortage, depending on where you are within the state. And once again, to bring it back to the report, On page 127 or Appendix B, we listed out the results by intermediate unit of what we captured as the school bus driver shortage. And there's just a really vast variety in responses from not having a shortage really at all to a significant shortage. Utilizing
3: the intermediate unit divisions also helped us to preserve anonymity while giving clear numerical results to the survey. We were able to include capacity percentages by just listing districts or contractors within intermediate unit boundaries instead of using their names or the
1: school's names. Another thing you'll be able to find in the full report on the intermediate unit level is the maps that Susan mentioned earlier.
0: Because it's a listing of the school districts by intermediate unit, and it shows whether they're privately owned buses or district owned.
2: So what is being done by the state and federal governments already?
0: This is one of those issues that a lot has been happening when we got the resolution there was already a lot of action being taken because it was just such a current issue with an immediate impact. The kids just needed to get to school. The school districts needed to be able to get them there. We did a review of news articles and really different associations have been studying it, national associations. And we, um, we interviewed some people nationally and also, worked our way through the reports that they've been doing, trying to get a quick handle on how to address this at the national level. So a lot of things were being done during our process. One was that uh, school code changes were made uh, by the General Assembly and the governor to be more responsive to how pandemic was impacting how the subsidy would have played out. So it was the administration and the General Assembly trying to get that subsidy to districts, despite the fact that the formula wouldn't operate in pandemic as it normally would. There was also a massive departmental communications campaign. Allie, do you want to speak to that a little bit? Sure.
3: PennDOT and PDE collaborated to send out letters to everyone in Pennsylvania who currently held a CDL certification to gauge their interest on driving a school bus and give them the opportunity to apply for a job and allow intermediate units to know who was interested in receiving a job. Um, Some other advocacy that happened was in October of 2021, House Resolution 152 urged Governor Wolf, Congress, and the Federal Department of Transportation to address the school bus driver shortage. And then in February of 2022, lawmakers and education associations, including the Pennsylvania Association of School Business Officials, sent a letter to the Secretary of the Department of Transportation asking for a school bus driver-only CDL and a waiver of the the under-the-hood requirement. So the FMCSA did provide a waiver of the the under-the-hood portion of the CDL test, first from January through March of 2022, and then again from April through June. However, the short time period of the waiver and some accompanying requirements caused it to not be feasible to implement in Pennsylvania during that time range.
1: Susan, what information was requested by the resolution when you first started the study?
0: So the resolution directed us to do a quantitative and qualitative data analysis so that we could understand the scope of the school bus driver shortage within the Commonwealth. And it also specified that at a minimum, we should use intermediate unit boundaries to understand the geographic implications of the shortage. Then it directed us to provide recommendations about how to address the shortage and increase the number of qualified school bus drivers.
1: So how did you go about collecting that information?
0: One of the main things that we did, a large survey effort, we actually did four different surveys as part of our process. We wanted to get a sense of what was really happening. We were seeing various news articles, and we knew that in certain school districts, it was just really kind of crisis proportions. So we did four different surveys, and they were to the private contractors was one survey, another to school transportation directors, and finally, there were two separate surveys, one to the bus drivers who were driving for private companies and the other for the bus drivers who are employed directly by school districts. I'd like to take a moment and thank PASBO, the school business officials, PSEA, and PSBA, the school bus association, for taking the time to connect us with their members and for working the details of the survey out for them. We relied heavily on them to reach out to their membership for us and to like pull them into filling out those surveys.
2: And and if I can just jump in, we did do focus group with bus drivers that really helped us develop the questions because we sent them a sample of the questions that we were going to ask. And they would say, well, this is a good question, or this doesn't really get to the kind of information that you want to get back. So um, that was really helpful uh, that we had some good conversations with the drivers themselves with our testing focus group.
0: Yeah, we used the process to really change the survey questions that we used.
2: That seems like it would generate a huge amount
1: of data. So how did you present that information in the report?
0: Most of the information is shown in charts and tables. So we synthesized it, pulled it together into different charts, trying to combine them where we could to easily provide comparisons. And then we also have a couple of sections, like I was saying earlier, where we broke it down by IU for the response of what their shortage was. We also had
3: just a few questions where we cross-referenced the results from a different question with results from a question just to compare some of the results that we found regarding benefits, satisfaction with benefits, or wages and satisfaction with wages.
2: So, Allie, the question then is, what did we learn from the data collection about driver recruitment. I mean, was there anything that surprised you particularly where results didn't quite show what we thought maybe they would show?
3: Sure. Many businesses are offering high wages or benefits to attract new employees in other industries and contractors aren't always able to do the same. So that's definitely one challenge for driver recruitment. These options of sign-on bonuses or benefits for part-time split shift work can be difficult to offer. So that is a challenge for those trying to hire drivers right now. These younger people who may stay in a career for longer are looking for more hours at convenient times and they might not be attracted to this career. So retirees are usually the target market for driver recruitment. The surprising result is that we had heard from some industry stakeholders that the licensing process, all of those steps mentioned before, could be difficult, and we really found that the only difficult portion was the the under-the-hood requirement, but what surprised us was the physical examination, the medical requirements, which might hinder drivers from Being able to get a waiver to drive with certain health conditions, those drivers did not find those to be inconvenient or difficult to do at all. They had no issues with the medical examination section of the licensing process. From our survey, we found that the most popular and useful recruitment techniques were word of mouth, signs, and social
2: media. Could we pick anything up from the data collection about driver retention? So we have recruitment, but then you want to hold the drivers in the positions. So what about retention? What did the surveys say about that?
3: Our survey results showed there was definitely a rise in turnover rates within the past five years. You can go to the report to find those specific charts, but it's a marked difference between those. This was probably especially apparent because of COVID-19 with more drivers retiring early or leaving the career for their own safety. But another thing that we noticed in our survey results was that some drivers feel that student behavior is reaching unmanageable levels and they're not supported by their districts when they need to enact discipline on the bus. So one of the things we explored is the process the districts go through to report a disciplinary incident, how the drivers are made aware of that discipline, And oftentimes the drivers are not made aware of the discipline and the student is back on their bus and sometimes drivers feel like they don't know what discipline has been administered. And so they feel that nothing has been done and they're not being supported by the district. So communicating the policies clearly on discipline and communicating when discipline has been administered may help drivers feel more supported in that role. And for retention, the most common tool used by employers to increase retention was increasing pay, and the second most common was maintaining a positive and supporting work environment for
1: drivers. Thank you, Allie. We only have time for one more question. So you guys had mentioned reforming under-the-hood requirements of the CDL, but are there any other recommendations from the report that you both would like to highlight?
0: Although it didn't fall fully within the purview of the resolution, every group that was involved in the advisory committee encouraged a revision of the state funding formula and also um, requested additional funding or a higher level of reimbursement as a recommendation. There was also conversation about auxiliary students that are transported. So, One area that we were looking into was McKinney-Vento students. So that's transportation of homeless students, which has increased substantially and districts are required to transport those students even into other districts our recommendation there was additional study to get a sense of what that is currently involving and how much money that costs. It also, auxiliary students also captures the conversation about transportation of charter school students and non-public school students. Allie had uh, mentioned cameras, cameras in school buses, specifically cameras in the middle of school buses. They're currently allowed at the back and in the front of the bus, but just as a working condition issue, permanently providing allowances for mid cameras. And the report contains a more nuanced description of that issue.
2: Yeah, I think currently there are there are buses that have mid cabin cameras mounted, but that's because, uh, you know, PennDOT and state police are willing to waive the prohibition against having mid camera uh, mounted mid cameras. But I think that's going to be ending soon if it hasn't already. Susan, Ali, thank you
1: so much for. Discussing the school bus driver shortage with us. If you're
0: listening and you'd like more information, either about joint state or this study in particular, please check out our website. You can find the link to our website in the show notes. We're also including links to the PASBO website, as well as PSEA and the PSBA, the Pennsylvania School Bus Association website in our show notes. The music in our podcast is provided by Joseph McDade. Thanks for listening.